I see some Puerto Rican shirts in the house. Amen. I want to thank you for being proud of where you came from, but knowing who you got to be serving this morning. Praise God. Amen. 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 It's time for the word. Tell somebody it's time for the word. So callate. I don't want to hear from you, really, man. Listen, I'm going to ask you to just engage with me for a couple of moments. I truly believe if God has you here, it's because he wants to share something with you. It has nothing to do with me. Understand that God has used a a donkey to speak. And so if your heart is open to hear from God, you're going to hear a word today regardless of me. Amen? So I believe if, you, if you've made it this far, if you've made this much effort to at least be here on this beautiful day, to give us this time here on this beautiful day, I'm going to ask you to be engaged, to, not, to be mindful that you don't become a distraction to somebody else. Amen? Now, I'm not going to preach for three hours, and I know for a fact that most of you have sat through movies for three hours long without getting up. I promise to not even be half that long. So let's just engage for a moment. Amen? Can we be excited about the word? I like to open. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Give him glory because he's worth it. Because he's worthy. I usually start with a quote. I want to start with something that I wrote this morning. If you'd allow me to just share this with you. If you're ready, say praise God. All right. So here we go. Here's a kind of a glimpse into my heart at one day last week when I wrote this. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of not really living. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid of stopping somewhere along the line and getting stuck. I'm afraid of letting something or someone derail me, distract me, detain me, or deter me. No, I'm not afraid of dying, but I am afraid of not really living. I'm afraid of getting to the point where I just go through the motions, seemingly good with the appearance of life, but inside colder than a dead man. A smile on my face, but pain in my heart. A handshake, a hug, a song, a message, and a shrug. We'll do it again next week, but am I growing? And if this is true, are you? See, this word is alive, but like medicine, it's got to get inside. And if we don't let it, just set it and forget it, years from now, we'll live to regret it. I should have gotten over it. I I should have forgiven. I should have moved on. I should have listened to the words of that song. I know I'm not afraid of dying. I'm just afraid I'll stop trying. Help us, Lord. Father, we just ask you for your presence. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit that is here, Lord God. We thank you that in your presence there's freedom. We thank you that in your presence there's liberty, Lord God. There's, there's the breaking of change, there's, there, of chains, there's freedom for the captives, Lord God. So, Lord, right now I just ask that we can decrease, let me decrease, that you 
would increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We go through so many things in life, don't we? We encounter so many changes. There's always so many decisions. It's so easy sometimes to get overwhelmed. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Sometimes some of the things that we go through, they're so challenging and so discouraging that sometimes we get stuck there. Anybody been there? I mean, something could have happened. It could have been five years, ten years ago, but you're still stuck there. You haven't moved on. You still, whenever you talk to somebody, you go back to that place. Whenever you're sharing, you're sharing about that. We're, we're stuck there. Listen, one of my biggest fears, honestly, is that I would let something or someone stop me and hold me someplace. Stop me from seeing what God has ahead for me and for you. Amen? Do you understand that God has good things for you? God has good things for you. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And the way he does that is through people, through situations, through people that are stuck. You know, when you're on a highway, God just showed me this picture. When you're on a highway and, and you're, you're trying to get someplace and it's a time of the day where there shouldn't be any traffic, but there's so much traffic and you're stopped and you're just crawling along and crawling along. And a 15-minute trip, you're in there an hour and a half already sitting in traffic. Why? Because somebody up ahead is stuck. Aye. Don't, look, don't worry, I brought Band-Aids today. It's all right. We're good. We're good. Church, uh, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But when we get stuck, we hold people up. When we get stuck, it could be the littlest thing because now, because now, what happens on the highway? Now everybody has to stop to see. Right? Come on. You're waiting an hour and a half to get past this exit, and you get to the exit, and you forget that you were waiting an hour and a half, and that there's 400 cars waiting an hour and a half. Now you got to check things out. Oh, man. No, it looks like the Honda hit the 4x4. Four four. The 4x4. Four the 4 by No, 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 no. I think this overheated, this car. This car probably hit that. Anyway, anyway, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Right? We, we all do it. And so when we're stuck, we cause other people to be stuck. Come on. So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the fullest. That abundant life. Anybody want that abundant life? I I want that life. (coughs) I want that life for me. I want that life for each and every one of you. But you you can't be full if you're stuck. Oh, yeah, come on. You can't be about that full life when you're not being filled up. You can't be filled up if you're already full. Oh, this is some deep theological stuff I'm dropping right here. What? This is Holy Ghost revelation. You can't be filled if you're already full. It's like going to your favorite restaurant. Think right now your favorite restaurant. 
Your favorite place. I mean the place that makes everything exactly the way you like it. You're going to your favorite restaurant. Your husband, your wife promised you after church, I'm going to take you to that place that you, you know, that place that's a little pricey, but it's your favorite. You like that. I'm taking you right there after church today. And you're excited. But on the way there, you stop by East Tremont at White Castle's. And you eat eight murder burgers. And you chase it down with a sack of onion rings and a chocolate milkshake. You get to your favorite restaurant now, and you could be served the best of all cuisines, but you're already full. Aye, come on. You're already full. It's the same in the spiritual. When there's unforgiveness and bitterness, that takes up space. And then when God wants to pour in, you're already full. When there's no reconciliation, when there's no letting go, when there's no moving on, that takes up space. And you're already full. When we let those habits that destroy us take up space in us. And God wants to fill you. He can't fill you because you're already full. Listen, it's even dangerous to be too blessed. To have too much blessing. To have too, you could have too much of God. Yeah, I said it. You could have too much of God because if you're not walking in it, you see, God gives us so we can give. So you can have too much of God, and, and if you're not walking in it, it's no good. You're already full. Check this out. If you're not giving, you're hoarding, and anything you hoard becomes trash. I got to sit down for that one. Woo. Come on. If you're not giving, you're hoarding, and anything you hoard loses its value. I want to share a message this morning. I haven't even started yet. I want to share a message this morning. That's an extra one in case you're still bleeding. (laughs) Titled, Try It Now. Title of this message is, Try It Now. You know when something doesn't work, when the car won't start, the computer won't boot up, and and somebody comes and does something to it, and then they tell you, try it now. Right? You you, you get what I'm thinking? You you understand where, where I'm at with this try it now? I want you to understand what I mean by that. For definition purposes, try it now means, if somebody tells you try it now, that means that they've done something, they've made some changes that could make things different from this moment on. They've changed something so that it's different than it was when, when it wasn't working. You, you understand? So for definitions, that's what try it now means. I love those words. As an IT guy, I use that word every day. Every day. People, my EVIPs, they call me up. My printer ain't printing. I am Bert, connect to this thing, remote, and Bert will come over. I said, try it now. My computer ain't booting up. Try it now. 
And I love it because, you know, I won't say try it now unless I know I did something that's going to fix it. You know, I don't want to look like a fool and say try it now. Oh. Sometimes that happens, but most of the time, me and Bert, we got it locked down at NYU. Try it now. But, but you didn't even come here. Just try it now. This password isn't letting me in. Try it now. I love it. I, I love that, those words, try it now. But my favorite try it now moment was the car story. This happened 130 years ago. I was out with another couple. We were in two cars. My kids were little. They had little kids, and we were driving someplace. <laughs> we got to a gas station. We were filling up. I think we were on the way home. And his car won't start. And he tried to start the car a couple times. We just filled it up, so there's gas. He tried to start a couple times. Now, him or I, none of us are mechanics. None of us know what to do, but we're men, so we're going to pop the hood. Right? Right? Come on. I don't know. The engine could be backwards. I don't. But what you going to do as a man, you got to pop the hood. Open up the hood. This had to be a Holy Ghost moment because I have no idea really what I was doing. But I got under the hood and for some reason I checked the fuse panels. I went to, I, maybe I saw something burnt. I don't remember what it was that led me there. But I went there and I saw a fuse was burnt. And I said, oh. I had a man moment. And so I remembered, I said, I remember a mechanic once because I drove a lot of Humpty. So I know how to fix a Humpty to get it home, right? And so I remember a mechanic once, if the fuse went out, he just jumped it with a wire. So, or the mechanic in the house said, aye, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not telling you to do that, please. But this is what happened that day. I had to get my family home. They had to get their family home. I went under there. I found, I found, I got MacGyver, and I just found like a piece of wire someplace. I might have took it from another part of the car. I don't know. Something broke later, but I took it and I jumped that fuse and I, and I looked, I got my hands a little oily and I looked over at him and I said, uh, try it now. Boom. He started the car and I felt like such the man. I was so the man that day. I told him quickly, you know, the kids were happy, the wives were impressed, my wife was impressed, my kids were impressed. I felt like the people across the street were impressed. Everybody was looking at it like, like, he's the man. I just felt like I impressed everybody that day. Nobody, but still. I told him in his ear, I told him, bro, take this car to a mechanic right away, because what I did would probably blow the car up. <laughs> but I just want you to get home, amen. So that was like my uh, amazing try it now moment. So uh, here's what I want to do as a church. I want to have, I want to do a try it now focus for this entire summer. You with me? I want to start a series today titled Body Building. Body Building. I know some of you are looking at me and making judgments. I'm not talking about. But I'll, I'll do 25 push-ups if it, you know, if it will impress you. But I want to, for the entire summer, I want to deal with the area of building the body. Body building. See, this is a picture of what the church should look like. 
Get that picture in your head. Maybe we'll have to do a Tough Mudder at the end of the summer together. All of us. Imagine that. Just so that we can understand this picture. Because too often the church is better at stepping on her head to get over. I got more band-aids. We're good. I even, I got Alka-Seltzer. If it gets bad in your stomach, just, so I got more. I got more. But too often we're used to stepping on people, using people, abusing people, not caring. If I can get my hand, my, my, my foot on her stomach, I can get over the wall and I'll be good. But this is a picture of the church. Body building. That, 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 that's what my focus, my goal is for the rest of this summer. Every, every message this summer I want it to be with the focus to build the body of Christ, that we would be equipped, that we would lack no good thing because that's my calling and that's yours. So I want us to make some changes to do something that can make things different from this moment on. The definition of try it on, try it again, amen? Try it now. I haven't worked all of this out yet, but I want to deal with things like strength training. Because I want TSF to be a strong body. We need to be strong to be able to stand against the things that are coming at us in our society. Do you watch the news? Do you see what's going on? Do, do you see what we're facing? We need to be a strong body. So we're going to deal with some strength training so that we can be strong enough to stand on the word, to share it, to walk it out, to proclaim it, to live it. We're going to work on things like cardio conditioning. Because you can be strong, but have no endurance. Ah, come on. See, I want the saints here that we're building to have lasting power. I want us to be able to last. I don't want us to have a good season and die out. I don't want that. Man, that church was, was hot for five years, but now it's dead. Man, they were this, but now they got nothing. But now, no, we need to last. We need to last. Jesus said in Revelations, to those that overcome, I'll give the right to be with me in my Father's house. Amen. Amen? So I want us to win sprints, but I want us to compete in marathons as well. Amen? I want to deal with things like healthy eating. Because it matters what we take in. And I'm not just talking physically. It matters what we take in. Somebody say amen. amen. Some of us might have to fast something here or there this summer. We might have to look at our choices more closely this summer. Amen. Because we're going to deal with things like trimming the temple. <laughs> Areas where we're carrying too much weight. Oh, I'll let that go around and sink in. There's areas where some of us are carrying too much weight. I'll let you decipher that for yourself. We got to deal with areas like taming the tongue. <laughs> I need a bigger cage here just to... Taming the tongue. Because listen, we can build up all we want, but if we don't deal with the poison that's coming out... We're fooling ourselves. We'll never be healthy if we don't learn how to tame the tongue. 
James 1.26 says, if anyone considers himself religious, righteous, yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. See, ultimately, we want to work about building the body. I want the sanctuary to be a place where people encourage one another, where they enrich one another, where they add value to people rather than take away. Think about that for a moment. When was the last time you added value to somebody? We, we go through life so selfish. And I, I'm saying we because I do it too. So I'm not judging you. I'm saying me. So I'm talking about me. Maybe you guys are perfect. Maybe just, just listen to me for a minute. Amen? Sometimes I go through life so selfish. It's all about what I'm feeling. It's all about what I'm going through. It's all about what's happening to me. How come me? How come they're doing this to me? Why are they talking? Shut up. Focus on somebody else for a moment. Amen? Do you ever catch yourself? If you haven't, then maybe you should. Catch yourself. Why am I always talking about me? Why am I always dealing with my issues? Do, do you think for a moment that those people that you're poisoning and pouring out on, do you think for a moment that maybe they have an issue too? Do you think for a moment that maybe instead of carrying all your junk today, do you think for a moment that today maybe you could lift something off of their shoulders? Wouldn't that be an awesome thing for the body of Christ? Do you think that we can, maybe today, maybe today you're not going to make it over this wall, but this guy says, I'm not going to let you fall. I'm not going to let you. I got junk today, but, but at least where I'm at, I can help you out right now. We got to add value to somebody. We got to be able to come along somebody when they come to you and, and with, with, with they're broken and they're hurting or they weren't able to do something. And we got to be able to tinker under the hood and tell them, try it now. But I'm struggling, man. I can't make ends meet. Sometimes we got to write a check and say, try it now. Try it now. Sometimes we got to come along somebody and just encourage them and equip them and stand with them and say, try it now. I'm with you. Try it now. Amen? What can I do to add value to somebody? Will gossip add value? Will, will, when I talk about it, will it add value? If, if, if what you're saying is not adding value to somebody, shut up. The church would be a much better place if people shut up. If people would count their words, if people would realize, I'm not going to let a word come out of my mouth unless it's to build, to edify, to equip, to encourage. What? You, you be, there'd be a line around the building. I can't wait to get in there. Somebody going to build me up in there. Instead, we're, we're in here with our, our little side clicks and this click that doesn't talk to that click and this click that Come on, church. You know what would be awesome? If you, because listen, this, that's natural. You're going to have your set of friends. That's natural. We can't, if, if there's 200 people in the building, we can't all be one big clique. We can't, but we are the body of Christ. So what do you do with this? You take your little group of friends and introduce them to another group of friends. Amen? See, I like to, I have, I have to spend a lot of time with our leaders because that's, I have to constantly be with them. And so they, they naturally became, and I speak to a lot of other pastors and that's not the case and I don't understand it. But for me, the group that I work with became my friends. 
Because we share life together. We're doing life together. And so what we try to do is we'll have a barbecue, we'll have, and we'll add another family. We'll invite another family so that they could spend some time. And, and so we bring a group into our group. And little, so imagine if our groups would introduce our groups to our groups so that we would realize, listen, you're not my, Jesus, come on, let's face it. Jesus didn't have 400 followers that were his tight. He had a small group. Those are the people he poured into. And then out of that group, he had just the three. So, so let's not, you know, be phony and say, oh, yeah, let's all just love each other and form this big happy gang. and we're all... No, let's be real about it. But let's be intentional. Let's be intentional to not be exclusive. No, no, you can't be down with my group. You understand? That's high school. All right, amen. I'm going to move on. I got to get to the message, actually, you know? <laughs> all right, I'm going to skip that part. I'm good. I'm getting, all right, here we go. I'll, I'll stop right here. I'm going to give you fair warning. <laughs> a good place to start. God wants to build this body up. Sometimes that means cutting some things away. You might be, listen, listen, this is, this is going to give somebody life right now. This is going to give you wings like Red Bull. You might be struggling to have some kind of real relationship with God. And you've come to God in prayer. Some of you are only in church right now because you're going through a situation. Be honest. Right? You haven't made this your lifestyle. You haven't made this. You're in church right now because you're going through a hard time and you figure, I'm going to try to see if God will fix this. So you might be struggling with some kind of real relationship with God. And as you come to God in prayer and you're saying, God, I need a, a touch from you. I need you to do something in my life. All of a sudden, you lose your boyfriend and you get fired from your job. And you're saying, wait, 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 God, you're supposed to add things to my life. <laughs> I came to you in prayer so you fixed the boyfriend. I came to you in prayer so that you got me a raise at the job. I came to you in prayer so that you gave me favor. Now I got no boyfriend and I got no job. And God is saying, you said you wanted a relationship with me. Try it now. Try it now. What I'm trying to show you is that with that boyfriend, you weren't going to have a relationship with me. With that girlfriend, you were never going to get close to me. So I did some tinkering. I looked under the hood, and that dead-end job that you had, you're never going to be anybody at that job. So I took it away from you. So now you can depend on me, and now God is saying, try it now. Try it now. Try it now. Try and get close to me now. I love the picture that Jesus gives us about our lives in John 15. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. <clears throat> and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it can bear more fruit. Some of you are experiencing that pruning right now. And I'll share with you, pruning hurts. Pruning hurts. There is no, no way to get around it when something cuts things out of your life. Cutting hurts. Pruning hurts. But listen, 
No time is the father closer to you than when he is pruning. Oh, man. Okay, let's get to the message. Here's my try it now moment from the scriptures. Here's my try it now moment from the scriptures. Turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. So you know I'm not making the story up. In Luke chapter 5, it says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets on the shore. He got into one of the boats, that boat belonging to Simon, who we know as Peter. And he asked him to put out a little from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from that boat. Now let me set up the story because I want you to understand what's happening here. It's morning and and Jesus already has a crowd gathered around him. And, And they're crowded all around him. And he wants to be able to teach and he wants to be able to share with them. But the way the crowd is all around him, he can't. He can't, you know, communicate. And so he, ha- he wants to back up a little bit so that he can speak to them. So he sees two boats. He knows that no matter where he backs up, people are going to keep backing up. They're going to keep, because people just want to be around Jesus. Amen? And so he figures if I get in the boat, he saw two boats. He gets in the boat and he says, back away a little bit so that way he can address the people. You understand? You get the picture, right? And so he, he gets on the boat and he, addressed the, he dresses the people. Now, the, what, what's important, what you need to know is that it's morning. It's important to know that these fishermen, this type of fishing happens at night. And so that means they were out all night fishing. And apparently, we learn from the story, they haven't caught anything. So when fishermen of this type come in from fishing in the morning, they've been out all night. They come in in the morning. Now they got to take their nets off the boat. These are heavy, long nets, rope, right? Long, heavy. So they got to take these nets out. Now they got to stretch these nets out over the, 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 the floor and they got to expand them out. And now they got to look and remove all the debris, the seaweed, the Pepsi bottles, the, the, the hypodermic needles if they're in Orchard Beach. They got to, whatever's stuck in this net. They got to go through the work now of, of taking all that stuff off the net, the dirty diapers, whatever, whatever it is that they find there, right? Now they also, sometimes the nets get caught on rocks and they break. So this is the time for mending the nets. So this is every day. This is part of the job. They're fishing all night. They come in. They lay out their nets and they got to they gotta assort it. They got to clean it. They got to mend it. Then they got to roll it back up into a place where they can roll it back and put it into the to the, to the boats. So that's what's going on here. They're, they're cleaning, they're mending. And so he, he, I, I, here it is at this point, Jesus start, steps on the scene, he climbs onto Peter's boat and he asks him, pull out a little bit, push out a little bit. Now sometimes it's at that point in our day when we're tired. Amen? When we're exhausted, when we're working on just getting finished, just doing what we know we have to do to finish off the day, and we can't wait to just turn in and finish. These fishermen were probably at that point, but Jesus gets on the boat, and he asks you to do one more thing. He tells them, pull away. He tells Peter, pull away so that I can teach the people from your boat. What does that mean? If you know anything on the other story, when Jesus teaches people, 
It's not a 45-minute sermon with three points. Jesus could talk all day. Amen? And people back then didn't care because they were hungry for the Word. He was the Word. They wanted to be with the Word. Amen? So when he says, it's not a 15-minute, you know, one, two, three, and get out the door, do an altar call. He pre- so Peter knows if he gets in my boat and tells me to pull out to preach, I'm going to be here all day. And so Peter could have said, listen, listen, take John's boat. I'm tired. There's two boats. He could have said, take John's boat. Anyway, later on, he's going to be the one that you say he's the one that Jesus loves anyway. Right? So take John's boat, man. I'm tired. Sometimes as Christians, we're faced with a decision where we can decide to be used by God or we can give every excuse in the book. I got more band-aids. Don't worry. Peter could have said, nah, Jesus, I'm tired, take John's boat. But, but it, instead, he, he gets in the boat and he's asked, and, and, and it, he, he, he says, all right, God. And, and he does it. And he, and he lets come on, and, and Jesus preaches. And now, verse 4, it says, when he had finished speaking, we have no idea how long this took, but we can imagine it took some time. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water now and lay down your nets for a catch. Anybody ever felt like, God, the thing he's asking you is too much for you to do? Anybody ever been so tired, you say, God, I can't do another thing. Come on. I can't. And, and, and here it is. It's the end of the night. He's finished working all night. He's cleaned his net. He has it wrapped up in the boat. He's ready to turn in, have a corona and go to sleep or whatever they do back then, right? And he's, he's done now. He's let Jesus use his boat. All right, we got on the boat. Now, Jesus preached three or four hours, maybe. He shared with people and, and told parables and stories and everything. Now, it's now, Paul, now he's tired, Peter. And now he tells them, all right, um, now it's just me and you, man. Set out into the deep and lay down your nets for a catch. Now, Peter could have come up with some good excuses. Peter could have said, listen, I worked all night and I'm tired. Peter could have said, listen, Jesus, no offense, but you're a carpenter. I'm a fisherman. I know this stuff. This is what I do. Fish is my thing. You're a carpenter. You could probably build an awesome chair, but I'm a fisherman. So he could have had any excuse to Jesus. He could have said, listen, don't you know that all these crowds around the water and then you shouting from my boat, you scared all the fish away. There's not going to be any fish. He could have he told him, listen, I already washed my nets. You're going to make me do double work for nothing. He, he could have told him, listen, we don't fish in the daytime. You fish at nighttime when you're fishing with nets. He's like, Jesus, you're doing it all wrong. I'm not going to do this because it doesn't make sense. Anybody ever told God, what you're telling me to do doesn't make sense? All right, I'm talking to two people, Amen. Who are you going to get blessed? That's all. Instead, verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I let down my nets. 
What happens next is incredible. They caught such a large number of fish, the word says, that their nets began to break. And so they signaled the partners in the other boat to come and help them. And when they came, they filled their boats too, so full, both boats full of fish, so full that they began to sink. Somebody said, when God does things, he does it big. <laughs> when God does things, he does it big. God don't give you two fish. He gave you two boats full of fish. The story shows us the, that the worst excuse for not doing what God wants us to do is because we failed in the past. Peter did the same thing that he had done the night before. Peter did the same, he used the same net, he put it out the same way, he dropped it on the same side maybe, he, he did, he was everything that he'd done before and was unsuccessful, Jesus told him, try it now. Because this time he was doing it out of obedience. I don't think Peter even had any hope of catching anything when he let down the net. He, he just wanted to be obedient to God. He just wanted to do what God said. What he didn't know is that God had been tinkering under the hood. What he didn't know is that God had been stirring up the waters. What he didn't know is that God had been chumming the waters so that a fish came from all over the sea. He didn't know that, that Jesus was doing some things to make things different this time moving forward. And Jesus tell him, try it now. Church, sometimes we're going to have to do things that we've already done in the past and have gotten no results with. This is going to give somebody else wings. Come on. Not even doing them because we think this time it might be different or this time it might bring about change. Forget about that. We have to, we're going to have to do some things because we know it's what God wants us to do. What am I talking about? Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. I've already forgiven that person and nothing has changed. God says, try it now. <laughs> I've already tried that and I've gotten nothing in return. God says, try it now. But God, I've been taken advantage of. I've already tried being a bigger person. God says, try it now. I've already applied for every position that was available at that place that I really want to work at, but nobody's ever called me. God says, try it now. Worship team, you guys can come up. <coughs> I love the words that Jesus uses here. He says, Simon, put, he could have told him, drop the nets right where you are. It doesn't matter. Jesus don't need to, to, to mess with science. He, it doesn't matter. He could have brought the fish on the, on the land. You, you guys know that, right? He dropped uh, food and quail and meat from the sky. So he could bring water from a rock. Jesus don't need to follow our rules. But he tells him, pull out into the deep. Jesus is showing them and showing us, I'm calling you to go deeper. Go deeper than your own reasoning. Go deeper than what makes sense to you in the natural. He says, put out into deep water. Deep water is a picture of a place where you can't touch the bottom.
water is the place where you, you, you ever been at the beach and you, you know a lot of us are comfortable as long as our feet are touching right but you're in one of those beaches with a lot of big waves the second that thing got sweeped out and you're like uh oh quickly we're like right? it's hard to swim at the beach and it, you know you and so you want to be at the place where you can oh okay where you can touch the bottom because there you were in control Jesus is saying for me to to do what I want to do in your life you're gonna have to not be in control you're gonna have to be at the place where you're treading water you're gonna have to be at the place where you're trusting me you're gonna have to be he says put out into the deep and he's saying to us today put out into the deep and try it now let's stand let's stand some of us want to do these amazing things in our lives but we don't want to get our feet wet we want God to do these extraordinary things but but we're not comfortable going past our knees funny because I hear the prayers of people and, and your brain saying, God wreck me, God wreck me but don't mess up my hair wreck me but don't, don't let me look like a fool if you're going to knock me on the floor let me fall gracefully don't let me hit the floor hard and look like an idiot, it's a concrete floor right? God wreck me, touch me, use me but but under, let me make sure I'm touching the floor. And God said, as long as you want to stay there on the floor, I, I told you to set out into the deep. I'll meet you in the deep. Remember that, that picture when God, when Jesus told the disciples, go to the other side, I'll meet you there. And then they were in the middle and all of a sudden Jesus comes walking on the water. Jesus walks on the deep. You don't have to be scared in the deep because in the deep is where he is where he rose. In the deep is where he where he can stand. He can stand where you can. So church, I challenge you today. Whatever that thing is that you know you should be doing, even if you failed before, even if it didn't work out last time. Even if you got nothing in return. In faith, out of obedience for God, try it now. Amen. Before we leave this building, if worship was always a challenge, try it now. If, if stepping out of your seat and coming to the front was a challenge for you, then try it now. If asking for prayer, if coming up to the front for prayer was, was something too much for you, I encourage you today, try it now. If asking someone for forgiveness, try it now. Try it now in this spirit where God says, put out into the deep and lay out your nets. Whatever God is putting on your heart right now, 
I encourage you before you leave this place, try it now. 